2: Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcast too at donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast.
3: From KQED. Hi, I'm Olivia Allen Price. This week's story begins at the Oakland Museum of California, where KQED's Chloe Veltman is checking out the scene.
1: So I'm hanging about in the atrium at the Oakland Museum. It's the museum's regular Friday night party, you know, uh, where they have all the DJs and food trucks and stuff. When suddenly, I'm transported to a different world. This drag queen, regally dressed in a ball gown and tiara, sweeps by me arm in arm with a finely dressed gentleman wearing a tuxedo and sash. And right behind this elegant couple is another couple, also dressed to the nines, and another, and another. The parade threads its way through a heavy wooden door to my right and disappears into the depths of the museum. I'm totally intrigued by this display, so I decide to follow them. And I eventually get to a room way, way back in a far corner of the museum, where I find the drag queens and their escorts hobnobbing at an art opening. And I feel like I've walked in on a cocktail party at King Arthur's Court. The gallery is strewn with brightly coloured heraldic banners, velvet robes, and glittering crowns. Only there are also these strange twists. Like this black leather vest, The sort a biker would wear, covered in pins. The label says it was worn by Absolute Empress 18 Connie of the Imperial Court of San Francisco. And I'm standing there looking at all this stuff and thinking, what the heck is the Imperial Court of San Francisco?
3: This is Bay Curious, the podcast where we explore the Bay Area one question at a time. This week, what the heck is the Imperial Court of San Francisco? Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Okay, so in short, the Imperial Court is a rather serious organization. They just really like to play dress up.
1: That's right, Olivia, and its history and real mission is intriguing. To find out more, I headed to Divas.
4: They call me Marlena, and the absolute 25th Empress of San Francisco.
1: That's Marlena. And Divas is a nightclub in the Tenderloin. It has a sweeping rectangular bar and a corner stage with gold foil fringe curtains.
4: I'm 77 years old now and very proud.
1: She's a drag queen and so much more. I used to be one of the strippers.
4: and Well, I was younger,
1: much more handsome.
4: (laughs) Skin was tight, not loose.
1: (laughs) And she has a long history with the imperial court.
4: I have known every emperor and empress of San Francisco.
1: Marlena remembers what it was like in San Francisco before the court came along. In the post-World War II years, the Tenderloin was a major gay hub. Every great city of the world seems to have an area given over to the fleshly needs of men. In San Francisco, this area is called the Tenderloin. And patronizing gay bars could land you in jail.
4: In those days, they had the police department who didn't like us. We are much better off today than we were 40 years ago.
3: In the early 1960s, San Francisco was a dangerous place to be gay. City police would routinely perform raids on gay bars. Transgender people and those dressed in drag were often treated violently. Simply being visible on the streets as a transgender woman could land you in cuffs, because cross-dressing was illegal until 1974.
1: Molina says clubs like the Black Cat in North Beach learned how to keep things on the down low.
4: You had a red light and a green light over the door. And if the green light was on, you could hug or kiss or touch somebody. And if the red light was on, you couldn't do anything.
1: One regular face at the Black Cat was this amazing drag queen who would go on to found the imperial court. Jose Julio Saria was born in San Francisco in 1922. He became a favourite at the Cat, known to regulars as the Nightingale of Montgomery Street. Hello, hello everybody. I'm glad to see you are here to sing and dance and, and Marlena says Saria was a tease. She'd come and s- spend all day at the bar with me,
4: you know, and she'd sit and talk. A little bit of a flirt with the guys. Was
1: she flat with you? No, I was a girl. <laughs>
3: Although Marlena refers to fellow drag queen Saria sometimes using the female pronoun, historians say Saria identified as a gay man, so we'll use the pronoun He. Saria was a dazzling drag star, but he was also paving the way as a political activist. In 1961, Saria became the earliest known openly gay candidate to run for public office in the entire United States.
4: She ran for supervisor, the first gay man to ever run for supervisor in San Francisco, did not win, but she got a lot of votes.
1: Marlena says Saria banded together with a group of friends. They were mad about the city's treatment of gays and decided to fight back.
4: Because of the harassment in, in bars. In
1: 1965, Saria founded the Imperial Court of San Francisco as a way to create visibility for and solidarity within the gay community and support its causes by raising money for charity.
4: And they got together and formed this group, which has really helped many, many of our causes in San Francisco.
1: Oh, and Saria also gave himself a fancy title, the Grand Mere, Absolute Empress the First de San Francisco.
4: She was just a hoot. I mean, she just was a jolly, fun type person, a little demanding.
1: But he wasn't just a figurehead like the Queen of England. Marlena says Saria was the first in a long line of imperial court empresses and emperors who got out there and helped people.
4: And it's. Astonishing how much money we have raised over the years to help many, many causes. It's all non-profit and uh, none of us are getting paid to do this.
1: (laughs) These days, the Imperial Court of San Francisco raises tons of money for charity. It's a nice chunk of change, between 50 and 100 grand annually. The charities that get the money really need it, like San Francisco Suicide Prevention and the Gay Straight Alliance. And the group has grown far beyond
3: the Bay. Today, there are close to 70 chapters of the court in cities like New York, Vancouver and Tijuana. All of them share some of that special razzle-dazzle Sarya created when he founded the organization.
1: Right from the start, the court did it up in high camp, structured along the lines of an elaborate old world monarchy, kings, queens, princes and princesses. Everyone would dress up in their finery and go out and whoop it up at these over-the-top banquets and drag shows and such. If
3: Saria set up the imperial court as a way to rebel against the status quo, it might seem kind of weird that they
1: effectively
3: established a monarchy within the group.
1: But that's just the point. The GLBT historians say Sarya and his entourage are part of this long tradition dating back to the 18th century of men dressing in drag and adopting campy, aristocratic and royal titles. It was a cocktail of self-assertion, mockery and diva worship. So they were making a huge political statement while getting to play dress up and doing good for the community at the same time.
3: This
2: is gay San Francisco, an inside look at the life of San Francisco's homosexuals. They work to conceal their sexual orientation by day and only at night do they show their true colors.
1: Reactions to drag culture have come a long way, but the court has stuck to its traditions. The members continue to have these incredible, bejeweled fundraising pageants, like the annual coronation, where they crown the new emperor and empress, and then there's the investiture. That's where the newly inaugurated monarchs announce their retinue of followers. I decided to crash this year's investiture to see how the court is holding up in modern times. I got to have an audience with His Royal Highness, the then freshly crowned emperor of San Francisco.
2: My name is Nick Hunter, and I am the Hunter Green, flaming Draft bootylicious emperor. San Francisco.
1: Nick Hunter and his imperial wife, the most merciful and stern virgin empress, Mercedes Monroe, campaigned for their titles for a month leading up to the elections.
2: Mercedes and I are going to be the 97th emperor and empress. She will be empress 52 and I'll be emperor 45 when our year is done.
1: Their term in office lasts one year. I showed up for the event at a mission nightclub where a couple hundred members of the imperial court community have come together to hear who's been appointed to the new monarch's inner circle. Um,
2: I have elected to have being the king father, and Tilly would be my queen mother if he's here.
1: Don't let the glitter fool you. Being in the imperial court is really hard work.
2: They spend $10,000 or more out of their own pocket to buy outfits and jewellery and to travel.
1: Nearly everyone in the court has a day job. Nick Hunter works for a commercial furniture dealer.
2: I'm um, working with, like, beautiful fabrics and open spaces.
1: He says he spends most of his weekends as emperor raising money for charity, and showing up at events in other cities around the country is as important as being a leader at home.
2: It keeps that whole mindset of um, being an international court system and supporting each other as much as possible.
3: Not much has changed with the imperial court over the years. The pomp and circumstance, the titles, the charity, and the cross-dressing are very much intact.
1: Despite its long history and geographic reach, the organization is not very widely known. I asked around and not many people had heard of the imperial court or its founder, Jose Saria, who died in 2013. Empress Marlena herself has noticed the lack of brand recognition.
4: I think that someone probably don't know who she is, and. Uh... They don't really care.
1: One reason could be that gay life has changed dramatically in the Bay Area since the 1960s. That's Alexis Miranda's take on it.
4: This bar used to be full day and night. You know, we used to open at 6am and close at 2am. Now we open at 2 in the afternoon because the party atmosphere just isn't the same.
1: Miranda is Imperial Court royalty. Absolute Empress 33 of San Francisco. And the manager of Diva's Bar in the Tenderloin. She says the closure of many gay bars in San Francisco is because LGBTQ culture has assimilated into the mainstream. And that's partly because of the success of gay rights activism by organisations like the Imperial Court. But she also says there's a flip side.
4: We fought for equality. Now we have it. The older generation doesn't know how to handle it and the younger generation doesn't know the difference.
1: Miranda says the LGBTQ community still faces huge challenges like affordable housing and the Bay Area's climate of ever-escalating gentrification.
4: That's something that this younger generation could take on.
1: So there's still plenty to fight for.
3: Thanks, Chloe Veltman, for digging into the Imperial Court for us this week. You bet, Olivia, anytime. Thanks also to Gerard Koskowitz of the GLBT Historical Society for his help nailing down the facts. If you want to see photos of the Imperial Court in all their splendor, head to our website, baycurious.org. I'm Olivia Allen Price. You've been listening to Bay Curious, made in San Francisco at KQED. Sing us out, Saria! <laughs>
0: Okay, our question for the month is the world's longest running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by
3: Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org/podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org/podcasts. And thanks